Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. Good morning. Welcome to Our Lords. We're a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus, with a lot of stuff happening. We've got a landscaping crew out there, if you noticed. I've had a few people, I told them, why don't you get your gloves on and go out there? You can participate. And then we have a wedding after the service today, and we've had two funerals this week, so lots going on, isn't there? Well, we have some good news that I want Todd Glass, our lead elder, and I to share with you about our name selection. And I know that there is a lot going on, and the RCA transition to the vineyard process has been two years. Right, So some of you may not have been here on the Sundays that we're rolling out information, but part of the agreement for us to graciously separate from the RCA was that we had to change our name. And so we've been talking about that for some time, and we've taken the month of October to determine what that is. I'm going to let Todd talk about that process. And then next Sunday or the next We're going to talk about it a little bit more, and we have an artist working on a new design, a new logo, so we'll be presenting that in the coming weeks. But with everything happening, I just want us to take a minute and talk about this. How's that sound? Sound good? Todd Glass. Thanks, Brock. Just wanted to, this morning, I just wanted to start out with a quick verse that I think has described kind of the the seasons that we have been in, and it's Romans 5, 3 through 5. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has poured out into our hearts. And for those of you that have been around for a while, we have been through some suffering, and we are continuing to go through some, and, uh, but we have hope, we have hope because God's love has been poured into us. And so part of just sharing this morning is the continued hope um, that we are seeing. And it's little things like landscaping. It's the hiring of Wallace. It is, we are, I thought that was a sweatband on your arm. And I, I thought, you know what, that's a pretty good uh, symbol <laughs> uh, of what we have all been doing. And part of that is, is also just the name change. So we're excited to, to briefly discuss that. Um, we always battle with how best to shepherd the church, how to involve as many people as we can, how to do this in a way that's honoring but also efficient and, um, and not confusing. So what we did in the naming process was, first of all, I think the elders and the, the leadership had a lot of uh, conversations, a lot of prayer uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then we pulled in the greater consistory, and that is the uh, past elders, and ask them for recommendations on names. And I think we had 15 or 20 names at one point that we threw out there and discussed. And then we all got together and had an amazing conversation of just sorting out and it all fell into place. And it was just a, I think a cool process of bringing the past elders in with the existing elders. And we really whittled it down to a couple 
Um, and then the elders ultimately had the responsibility for choosing that name. So uh, we're excited to announce that. And actually, I was going to announce it, but Brock, I think it's, I think it's important for you to do that. So we want to give us some background there. Okay. All right. We're going to be All Saints Community Church. So it was that or Holy Ghost Fire Tabernacle Community Church. <laughs> Those were the top two, and that one was Mike Adele's choice, so he's smiling right now, but no, hey, all the different names were good, and we did have a a process, and so elders, greater consistory, and wives were were part of this, and, you know, I put my name in the hat, and I, I just said up front, I like this name. It says several things. It's biblically based. You know, Paul addressed each church that he wrote a letter to. He would say two all the saints in Rome. And then he would talk, as he did in Ephesians 4, that the goal of spiritual gifts, the work of the Holy Spirit, is to equip all the saints for the work of ministry. That's a vineyard value, right? So I loved it because it was lifted right out of Scripture. Um, It's already part of our church culture. Some of you have been to the All Saints Center for Theology, Spirituality, and Leadership. And then this is interesting, if you'll let, let me be a history geek for a moment here. All Saints was actually the name of Martin Luther's church in Germany in 1517 when he nailed those arguments for the reformation of the church to the door of the church. It was All Saints Church. So I think it's kind of a cool symbol as well that we want to align ourselves with the ongoing renewal and reformation of Christ's church. So we'll talk more about this in the coming days. I just wanted you to to hear a little bit. There were some other good ones. I think one other thing I would point out is that with the different voices weighing in, uh, we had to lose our Lord's peace. We did. It just was one of those things that they requested for us to do. And then Ronnie Ladd and some others said, can we please keep the community church part? It conveys something about unity. It connects us to our heritage, our past, and so that's what we, we decided decided to do. So, And I know some of you may uh, have different feelings about that. I welcome conversations. Uh, we did the best we could. So we are All Saints Community Church. I think one other comment I want to make real quick is um, I'm not here for a name. Uh, I'm not here for an affiliation. Um, I've heard so many of us say lately that we are here because of, uh, because of personalities, because of people. And so I just want to reiterate that uh, not everybody's going to love the name. Um, I'm not here for a name uh, at all. It's important that it reflects our identity, but I'm here because of you guys. And uh, each and every one of you guys make me want to be here. So I think that's our heart. That's my heart. And um, it's an exciting new start. So we're we're, we're pumped for it. So, I will talk a little bit more about what a saint means in the deliberation. Some people were saying, well, that sounds rather Catholic. And I said, well, that was the name of Martin Luther's church, so it doesn't get really any more Protestant or Reformed than that. So you can go read up on that. But also, we don't lose words because they've been distorted in history. You know, I mean, it, we don't just all of a sudden say, well, we don't use the word saint anymore because of Catholic perspective on that. We actually love the Catholic Church. 
but where we disagree with them on some of those things, we redeem those words. If it's in Scripture, we say, well, Paul referred to the people of God, Jesus' followers, as saints all the time. And what it means is we are holy because we're filled with the Spirit of Jesus. My name is Esther Kerr, and I am over missions here at our Lord's, excuse me, All Saints Community Church. And I have the privilege of preaching today because it is Mission Sunday. So welcome. I am so glad that you're here. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I do ask that you would come today, ask that you would anoint me, and that you would anoint us as a congregation to receive what you have, and that you would silence everything that's not of you. We would leave here looking more like you from having worshiped together, been in the word together, and ministered to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm hoping that when you leave today, you will have a heart for missions with Jesus. And that heart will be, um, it'll come from intimacy with him. And as we sit in a passage, we're going to open up first to Luke 10, 38 through 42. And then we're going to look at another passage that's pretty long. But the heart of the message today comes out of the first shorter passage, Luke 10, 38 through 42. Because what I want you to see when we read this passage is that intimacy with Jesus is everything. Let's read first. I'm going to start preaching. Well, let's read first. Uh, and, and also, the reason why I, we've been trying to encourage you guys to bring your Bibles and read it from your Bibles. I have it up here today because I used a different translation than what's in the pews with you guys. And so, and my eyes can see this better. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came in to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by herself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The next passage, Luke 10, 1 through 9. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you. Out as lambs in the midst of wolves, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. 
do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And I did keep that, keep that, right, keep that part of the passage up. I had not uh, completely planned on starting right here, but I heard a testimony before the service, and I just want to start with it. And, it. and it's not where I planned to start at all, but I just don't want to accidentally forget to tell you because it's about the Lord's kingdom in our midst. And there's one part of the service where we're, I'm going to go, I'm going to show you that in this passage that there are three things that the Lord does for us. He, he sends us and then he calls us to pray earnestly, and then he gives a command to go. And this go here includes healing the sick. And it says, and the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now we know our theology here is that healing is a mystery. And it's part of the kingdom of God. And the Lord breaks in sometimes, but also we all our lives end on, on this side, and then we get our complete healing when we go and be with the Lord, right? And so sometimes we pray for healing and it doesn't occur, and sometimes we pray for healing and it does occur, and only grace for both situations. We are just trying to join with the Lord in his kingdom, and sometimes we pray and it does occur. And it happened with our homeless ministry this past weekend. There was somebody who showed up... Uh, in a wheelchair and his legs were really puffy and he really struggled and they prayed for him and then the next time he was there he was able to walk but it was his legs were still really really puffy and and it was difficult and then they prayed for him again and this last time he showed up his legs are completely healed and he's looking for a job and That doesn't happen except for Jesus. But it also happens because of Jesus, somebody said yes to going, to being sent to a people group that Jesus put on their heart. And so the sending, the praying, and the going all has to come from intimacy with Jesus. Let's put the Luke 10, 38 through 42 passage up there. Here's what I want you to see about this passage. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened. And then later you see Jesus says, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. Listen, service and going out is, is of the Lord. Matter of fact, one of the gifts of the Spirit is service. And, and to even to go out and to be his hands and feet, it, it is, is what we're called to do. But there is one thing that is needed. And that is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want to say for myself that I've had seasons of deep intimacy with the Lord. Where, where that's really all, I, it is all I wanted. And I spent lots of time in this little chapel out here. And, and I'm in a season right now where I want, I want deep intimacy with the Lord. And I do, I'm aware of him, and I am spending time with him, and I do desire him, but I, this, this thing of lingering at his feet, we're called to linger at his feet. I was in a group with, I'm going to, Kelly Glass, I'm going to tell a story, and you're in it. 
and I didn't ask permission. So I was, uh, I was in a group uh, with Kelly Glass, and she was talking about how the Lord is drawing her to sit at his feet. But, and she said she's kind of like a Martha and likes to do. But then she realized this passage that Jesus is sitting down. You're not chasing him around sitting at his feet. He's, he's sitting, waiting for you to sit with him. And out of that place, all of the other things flow. I want to tell a story to help kind of bring this, the, the significance of um, sitting at his feet. And I'm hoping this story stays with you. And it's a little bit funny. Okay, so uh, you guys know I love Christmas, right? I love my family. I love Jesus. But what you might not know is I also love the ocean. And um, can we see the picture Okay, object in, peer, in picture appears more confident than she really is. Okay? So uh, this summer, I, um, I've been, I have been surfing before. I'm not great at it, and actually I'm not even really good at it. And some people might even not call what I did surfing. But <clears throat> what is not pictured is prior to going out, was we had a 20-minute teaching session with this angel, and he was our surf instructor, and his name was Carlston. And I, d I have a picture of us all listening to him and being taught by him, but I didn't get permission from the other people in the picture to use the picture, so I just, so I'm not using the picture. But imagine. And so here's what you can imagine. There is one almost 50-year-old woman and then there are 10 to 12, 14-year-old to 20-year-old young men. And we are the group. And we are going surfing. And so we're sitting there and we're listening to Carlson and he's telling us, and you better believe I'm sitting and listening. I am plugged in. What do you got to say, Carlson? You, you, you just tell me. My life is in your hands. So then part of the teaching is, He's like, get you, you have a surf, your own surfboard, and you get on the surfboard. Well, first of all, I gotta lay on my stomach on the ground on a surfboard, right? So these boys, they don't, poof, you know, they just, and I, you know, five minutes later, I've found my way down onto the surfboard. And then he gives the instruction, and here's the instruction do a push up. It gets worse. <laughs> Do a push-up. And let me tell you, pride alone, I did that push-up. I did that one push-up. So I do that push-up, and then he says, now you pop your legs up under you. <laughs> what? I mean, sweet Jesus already got me on the board. Then I'm doing a push-up, and then you have to pop your legs up under you and land. Right? And so they taught us, and the boys are all doing it, and I, my, I did it once. And then I did another push-up, and then I'd reached my target heart rate, and I was done. <laughs> and so they took, the, they took the rest of the guys out, and, and the instructor could see I needed a little more help. He said, he said Esther, why don't you just stay here? I'm going to help you a little more. And I was like... 
Praise Jesus, right? So he helps me a little more. And um, I said, listen, Carlson, I've already done two push-ups today. I can't do anymore. We're just going to have to go out there and pray to Jesus. We're just, we're just going to have to, I've taken in all of your information. We're just going to have to just, you know, pray to God and ask for a miracle. Here we go. So, next picture. Sorry it's blurry, but it's the only photo evidence I have, right? But what's not pictured is Carlston is, is right behind that wave. Carlston literally took my board out for me. Then he helped me get onto my board. And then he said, and then he turned my board towards the front, right? And then he said, paddle. But really, I'm paddling so slow, he's still beside me, right? <laughs> then he pushes me into the wave. And then he says, pop up, pop up. And he tells me when to pop up. And one time, the Lord was gracious. <laughs> and somebody had photo evidence, right? But, yeah, thank you. I know, right? Yeah. But, but me and Carlston were BFFs. BF, there was one point where the tide was taking us down to a place where the current was a little much. So we had to go into the shore and then walk up the beach. And I was so tired by this point that he literally carried my board for me. I was, I'm tender, tender just thinking about it. He's, he's like 17 and has his own business with all these employees. Anyway, he's the surfer. And he's, he said, he said, Miss Esther, would you like me to carry your board for you? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he carried the board for me and walked, you know, walked back up to the beach. This is a picture of our sweet Jesus when we are on mission with him. It is so important. The intimacy, the reliance, the sitting at his feet, the taking the direction. Because if we are on mission with, if we are on mission without those things, we can call it mission, but we can't call it on mission with Jesus. And it's busy, and it's distraction. And we see here Martha... In this passage, she's busy with distraction. And the Lord doesn't want us to be busy with distraction. He wants us on mission with him, which comes out of intimacy with him. So let's look at the next passage. Luke 10. Okay, so the first thing I want you to see here is, after this, the Lord appointed the 72 others and sent them. Now, to be in relationship with Jesus, indeed we are sent. But also, to look like Jesus, we are a part of the sending. Do you hear that? We are a part of the sending. What Jesus is doing here is he's making a way for people to be a part in the kingdom who otherwise would not have. And I want to encourage you. That if you have people in your life who wouldn't be a part of the kingdom unless you make a place for them or make a way for them, ask the Lord to show you how to make a way for them. And here's what I mean. If you're a parent, your kiddos, 
Make a way for them. Ask the Lord, how can I make a way for them? And, and join on mission with Jesus. The Savage family does this well. Stephanie and Chris include their kids in kingdom work. They just include them. They enfold them. They enfold them in the teaching. They enfold them in the going. They enfold them in the ministry time. They do that well. It is part of our Lord's community church, or uh, All Saints Community Church, the children's uh, vision. It's part of it. Releasing our children, leading them to lead, letting them be a part. Our, uh, our groups, we have outreach groups in this church. The leaders of those groups have made a way to send us. They have made a way to send us. You guys look at your little, there's a, everybody was handed a book when you came in. And there's a bookmark in there. And on one side it says outreach opportunities in our midst. Don't just go and join one. Because you got a little fired up right here. Go spend time at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, would you like me to join one of these? Be a part with these? Would you like me to create one? Because the Lord does tell us to go. We'll see that in a minute. But part of looking like Jesus is being a part of the sending. So, another way that you can be a part of the sending is the giving. Um, when you give to Our Lord's Community Church, that book that has all those mission partners in it that you got when you came in, that we send them. That a lot of that money goes to them for them to bring the gospel here and abroad, right? So, but not, you don't have to, you give where the Lord leads you. You sit at the feet of the Lord and you are a part of sending in the way that the Lord leads you. Otherwise, it's just a distraction. It's just busyness and it is not what is needed. So the second thing, um, Let's see. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Right there, to, to be on mission with Jesus, he lets us be included with the praying. It is so fascinating to me that there you have God in, in Jesus, right, saying pray earnestly. But then go put the passage back up. I want you to see this. He tells them what to pray. He shows them what the problem is, and then he says, pray into the kingdom of that. If you want to pray the heart of the Lord, you've got to sit at the feet of Jesus. And to sit at the feet of Jesus, it, like, it, there's a piece of this that is listening. And I want to demystify listening to the Lord. I just want to demystify it. You're just taking space. For him to influence your heart and your mind. You're going to ask him a question. I love, uh, if you guys haven't been to Connie Willems' teaching on hearing the voice of God or friendship with God, or you should go. It demystifies it. It demystifies listening to the Lord and, and being with him out of that time. So, if I were to write, I, I use this this example regularly. But if I was to write a thank you note to my friend Kathy Beckham, right? I love Kathy. It would be so easy to write a thank you note to her. But if I say, Lord, would you 
give me your words for a note to Kathy. And then I just sat still for a second to let my mind and heart be influenced by the heart of God. That thank you card is going to be a lot more. It's going to be the heart of the Lord. The same when you pray. Instead of just going and just telling him all the stuff, instead of just going to tell him all the stuff, ask him, what's on your heart? Let your mind and heart be influenced for a second. And then pray from that place. You have a prayer booklet in your hand uh, that has the prayer model we use with the kids. We're teaching our kids in children's over there how to do this. This is really important. Oh, uh, hold up that book if you've got one. This is what I'm hoping you'll do with that. I'm hoping that you'll go home and you'll say, God, would you highlight one of these partners for me to pray for? And you'd flip through the book and let the Lord kind of stir your heart, stir your mind. Right, and then begin to pray for that particular partner. You have we have partners in that book that pray for us. One of our church plants in Albania, which is in like they have two church plants now because they've outgrown their place, Clodia and Magena. They pray for us. Their leadership team on a weekly basis prays for our Lord's Community Church. But we're connected. We're the body of Christ. Their fruit is our fruit. Our fruit is their fruit, you know. And so I want to encourage you, go be with the Lord. With your kids, pull out the map. This is where this is. This is where that is. Ask your kid, which one is highlighted to you? My dad did this in the 70s. Lord, show me what nation to pray for in the 70s. And the Lord told him, Albania. That was in the 70s. It was the underdog nation of the world. It was closed. It was the nobody in, nobody out. You believed anything. You went to prison. You had to be, declare yourself an atheist or you went to prison in Albania back in the 70s. So we started praying for Albania like nobody's business. I say nobody's business. I, I wasn't born yet. So, um, but I, my parents and I have siblings that are almost 20 years older than me. So probably too much information. But um, but we, we as a church have been a part of probably 12 church plants in Albania villages. And, and that one church plant I told you about, they've had over 150 baptisms. When they started, they were a church of eight. Now they've outgrown their facility. Then they did another church plant. And so they're trying to figure out how to... But that we're apart. We're apart, and our prayers matter. And the Lord says, pray earnestly. That word in the, in the original is like a longing. Make your request with a longing. It's like you're involved, you're in it. Right? So prayer and praying earnestly matters. And I want you to see that they pray the solution. God shows them the problem, and they speak and pray the solution. I think that's how you keep praying from getting too heavy because if they had just sat there with the labors are few and just like the labors are few and spoke that a few thousand times man talk about disheartening prayer meeting 
but they're praying the solution. Bring the laborers. So, make time. I want you to do this model. I know if I had a kid in here, I think some of the core kids are in here maybe. Our model is ISLA in the children's wing. I invite the Lord to be with you. He's already with you. This is just a way to posture to him. S, show me. Lord, show me what to pray. You're taking time. L, listen. A, take action. Pray whatever it is the Lord brings to mind. Um, that's a really, our kids, our kids already are doing it over there, and if they can teach you if you've got kids at home. Okay, that brings me to the last, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of Harvest to send out the labors and go your way. In one translation, I actually like it better in the NRSV. It says, go, exclamation point. Does anybody have that translation? Yes. Go, exclamation point. The Lord does eventually, he does tell us to go. We are called to go. The scripture is filled with going. It's filled with going. Uh, Go and make disciples. Heal the sick. Feed the poor. Share the gospel. Preach the gospel. All. serve all of the things there's a way that you're gifted that the lord says to go that's in the scripture and i want to encourage you don't just go but sit at the feet of jesus jesus give me your heart for the people group that you're sending me to and he might have you join the homeless ministry he might have you Join Alpha. He might have you create a group. He might have you join the refugee group. He might have you help serve here in the church in a particular need to help build up the body of Christ. But going, is, it's part of it. Going is part of it. And, and he might give you a heart for a nation that's far away. That's real. And here's what I pray that he gives you. A heart for the Yes. A heart for the yes. Because sometimes what he asks, my husband and I, we live in Chandler, Oklahoma. We live in Chandler, Oklahoma because God said go. And we said, and, it was, I, it's, and we said yes. It, it almost made no sense. No sense at all. Except for that's how I ended up at Willow Springs Boys Ranch, which is actually on the same dirt road as me, and that is quite the story because Jesus sent us there. But the go and the yes came from sitting with Jesus and actually saying, God, really? And there was some back and forth, and and then it even looked like this. Okay, if we're not supposed to go, because you can do this. God's not up there playing games. He wants you to go where he's called you, and he doesn't want you confused about it. And so I'm like, if we're not supposed to go, close the door. Just close that door. We feel like we're supposed to go, but if we're not supposed to go, close the door. He's faithful to those kinds of things. My dad in Albania, he, my, you guys might not know, my, da- my father was a pastor here for nine years in the 90s. And then he retired, and he and my mom went to Albania, the land of their intercession. And... And 
that's why we and our lords became connected to Albania. And when God said to go, told them to go to Albania, that meant leaving 20 grandbabies. But God said go, and they had faith for the yes, and they went, and they were there for nine years. And then when it came time for them to maybe come back, they were asking him to stay. They were saying, Jack, would you please, Jack and Susanna, would you please stay? And they were, they were spending time with the Lord, and they were really wanting to do what the Lord said to do, right? So I happened to be in Albania when he was on the precipice of this decision, and I had a private conversation with him. And he said to me, Esther, the Lord loves your mom and I, and he is not going to let us choose wrong. It's really okay. And that's true for you too. If you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, he is not going to let you choose wrong. If you've got it in his hand, if you've said, I've put this in your hands, the sovereignty and goodness and faithfulness of our God will lead you where he wants you to be. So I encourage you to sit at the feet of Jesus. Ask, who am I supposed to be a part of sending? Ask, who do I pray for and how do I pray? And listen. And ask, where do you want me to go? And pray for the faith to say yes. Because where he takes you is where you're meant to be. And there's no better place. So, as a part of Everybody Plays, one of the things that I really wanted to do, and it's my favorite thing to do, is to let other people join in in kingdom things. And we have a group of fourth and fifth grade girls who are on fire for Jesus. They went to camp and experienced something of the Lord and came back and said, we want a Bible study. They're fourth and fifth grade girls, and they're saying they want a Bible study? They, and there's a Bible study, there's a, a group, and they, they just want to take in Jesus. They just want more of him. And I want what they have imparted to us. And so I'm going to have them stand right here. And I'm hoping that they're around. I did train them this morning. Oh, there they are. Okay, I'm going to have them stand right here. And then I am going to have, if Chris Savage, I've, I've already spoken with, the peop, with him, if he will come and stand right here, and he's welcome to bring one or all of his kiddos if he wants. And what he's going to be imparting is grace to send as the Lord leads you. And then I'm going to have, I could have, we have a dynamic group of intercessors at this church. Um, uh, Doug Sloan is in that, Connie is in that, Ann Blaisdell, Kathleen Blue. There, there's a, like a, I mean, they've been doing it for decades, leaning in. But I've asked Kathleen Blue if she'll come, and she's here, and impart to you grace to pray the heart of God. And then I've asked my husband Rich, which he is not an upfront guy, he, not at all. But let me tell you, he says yes 
because he believes God. And he believes God more than maybe any man I know. Now, part of that's because he grew up in the mission field on, in a jungle in extreme poverty in a hut. So he has seen God come through. So he doesn't sweat the small stuff, and he says yes to things like Chandler. So I would like him to impart faith to go where God leads. So he's going to be right here. If, if you guys want to go ahead and make your way down here, that would be awesome. And then at the, uh, at the end, I had a dream. And I had a dream that Veda and uh, Nova Westbrook prayed for people to receive more of the Holy Spirit, and they did. And that was a dream in the middle of my prep. And what better way to be on mission with Jesus than the power of the Holy Spirit? Now, when you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and you're marked by him. That's, that's true. It's an inheritance guaranteeing. Uh, it, it is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance, right? But, but we have a place in Scripture, in Acts 8, when there is a group of believers who have already been baptized, who there's something of the Holy Spirit they had not yet received, and John and Peter lay hands on them and they receive it. And that just goes, there's a passage in uh, Ephesians that says, be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Just, there's always more. So, I have a little bit of a fear of making this request that it will land on crickets. But I, I'm asking that it not land on crickets, just out of even just mercy for me. Um, I'm creating an assembly line here. Almost like a, you know, you're at a, this, I wouldn't say a cafe, but it doesn't give it justice. And you're, and you're getting the one thing and then the other thing, you know, and you're going down the line. And if you could start at intimacy with Jesus, and they're just going to bless you for intimacy with Jesus, and then come to the next, grace to send, grace to pray, grace to go, and more of the Holy Spirit. And I'm a firm believer it doesn't have to be. When my dad, first time he prayed for more of the Holy Spirit, he didn't feel a thing. He said, I didn't feel a thing. But within those two weeks, he prayed for a girl who had terminal leukemia, and she got healed. And he said, I didn't even feel anything when I was praying for her. So, now, you might feel something of the presence of God, because that's true, too. But you might not. But I'm trusting the Lord is going to impart to you what is here through them to you. And it's not a loss to them, because kingdom work, we know when you give it away, it's multiplied. Kingdom work, when you give it away, it's not subtraction. It's multiplied. And I want this for our body. So, if you feel led to start the line, the assembly line, with these little girls and their mamas, and then just make your way down. You have something now? Okay. I wanted to share this before Esther closed. <clears throat> this morning we were driving down 66 and we drove past the Life Church exit and out of the <clears throat> excuse me, out of the just out of the recesses of my brain, I remembered a sign they used to have. And as you exited the parking lot, it said, You are now entering your mission field. And so as Esther was preaching, I remembered that sign and and, um, and then a passage of scripture came to mind as well. Um 
this was after the persecution of Stephen. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So there really is a, a unique call on some people's lives to go to the overseas, to the foreign mission field. But every single person in this room is a follower of Jesus. You have a mission field that you've already been assigned to. And there are people who are lost in your place of vocation who God has already assigned you to be the person that brings the good news to them. And so it's really easy to get our mind in a, in a faraway location where we're not personally responsible. And we need to be praying for countries and nations. But don't forget about the person that sits in the cubicle next to you. And that actually may require more courage than to get on a plane and fly to a foreign destination. So have courage and go.